Welcome to our Rock City Church podcast. We are so excited to have you join us. Our desire is that you would listen with expectancy for what God wants to do in your life. We pray that you would encounter the mighty love of the Father and that you would be fired up for the more that He has for you. I just wanted to say real quickly, Dawn and I are going to tag team tonight on something that's very, very special to our heart. And we were going to come up here separately, first Dawn and then myself, and then I... I really felt the leading of the Lord for us to come up here together. And this is really a prophetic picture of what diversity but unity looks like. Right? Like Dawn and I are super close. Right? Like we're we're besties. She's my shadow, but she's taller than me. So I don't know how that works. Um, But we come from very different backgrounds. Actually from different parts of the country. Different sides. You're on the Canadian border, and I'm on the Mexican border. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Um, (laughs) Like far away, like total opposite sides of the country. We were raised very differently, but we work very closely together, right? We talk about our personality, and I'm a choleric, and she's sanguine, if I'm saying that right. So basically what that looks like in our realm is I run around marching orders and she throws glitter behind me. <laughs> I mean, we're going in the same direction and I'm like, let's go troops. Where And Dawn's like, yes, let's go guys. Let's go. Come on, come on. And I'm like, come on guys. Um, but we're going to tag team tonight on something that's been in our heart for quite some time. Um, and we're going to talk about prayer and intercession. And so Dawn's going to teach on prayer, and then I'll do a little teaching on intercession, and then we're going to activate. Where's Jeremy's sound bite of Kevin? We're going to activate in prayer and intercession tonight. We're going to activate. If you have a desire to grow, we're talking about growing tonight. We're talking about moving in the spirit at another level. How many of you want another level? Well, God's always ready to give another level. So you're in the right house tonight. So I'm super excited because earlier today at noon prayer, I'm kind of addicted. Um, the Lord was just showing me that he, there was coins dropping into everybody's heads and that there were treasures. So I believe that tonight God's going to drop a treasure into you that is going to affect you for the rest of your life, just like he's dropped treasures into me. So prayer is my absolute favorite thing in the world, and it's the thing that I do the most out of the day. Like I, actually I sleep and pray, which is really weird. I wake up praying, but I sleep and pray, I sit and pray, I drive and pray, I walk and pray, I do everything and pray. And it's because the Lord has done so much that I can't stop, and I'm going to talk tonight about the process that the Lord took me through because um, I grew up Lutheran and Methodist, and I went to two years of Bible school. And in those two years, it was not like Pastor David's prison time where he actually grew in the Lord. Um, I read a lot, but it had a twist on it that was not truth. So I had to unlearn all of that, and I didn't learn anything on prayer. So everything that I learned on prayer came later in life. So I'm going to talk to you guys about like the how, the when, the why, all of the things of prayer. So in 1 John 5, 14 and 15, it says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So I had one major problem with that scripture, confidence. So Pastor Marlene was with me, and one of my IFMs was that I didn't believe that my words had any power. And in the IFM, it went back to when I was like two years old, which was crazy because I didn't even have a memory back to two, but the Lord brought it back. So an IFM is an issue-focused ministry, which basically means the deliverance session. So she was in a deliverance session when God took her back into a memory. Good clarification. So yeah, and it was that my words didn't have power. So when I read that, it was like, oh, confident. Yeah, I wasn't confident. But it says confident in him. 
So I knew even if I couldn't be confident in my words, if I couldn't be confident in how I prayed, I could at least be confident in him. So before we were spirit-filled, we actually, I grew up Methodist, Lutheran, and then Doug and I met and were Lutheran, and then we became Baptist. And when I was Baptist, we did a spiritual gift assessment, and I got healing, deliverance, and prophecy. Yeah, Lauren's the same. Um, That didn't happen in our Baptist church. So I got to teach art class. Because, you know, the sparkle and art and sanguine, that all went together, right? So it wasn't until um, we got to a spirit-filled church that I actually understood what prayer was. So I had already at that point read every single scripture on healing. If you look at my Bible, every healing scripture, every deliverance, every prophecy has a red square around it. It's all over the place. And when I got to the Spirit-filled church, and they were actually doing the things of the Lord, it just solidified in me that I was going to do them too. So I went out and I prayed for people straight for three years, and saw every person I prayed for get healed, get delivered, get saved. There was not a person that didn't, and it was like crazy, awesome, weird testimonies and malls all over the place. But one of my favorite was my grandma, Irene. She grew up Methodist. Our family um, is from farms, and we had kind of our own church that the family poured into, and a pastor was picked. But there was no salvation. There's no healing or deliverance or prophecy or any of that. So she had waited until she was 84 years old, and she kept telling my mother that a pastor was going to come, and then she was going to receive salvation. Well, no pastor ever came. And so one day my mom and I were driving there, and I told my mom, I said, Mom, I believe today's the day that Grandma Irene's getting saved. So she said, well, she'd been waiting for a pastor, and I had just baptized my mom in the lake. And it was a lake in Ely, Minnesota, that was filled with leeches, and we were fully clothed. It was totally disgusting, but we walked out of that lake with it being crystal clear on our clothes. Like, we had socks tucked in the pants. It was bad. But that day, it was crystal clear. That day, we had no leeches on us, and the water actually tasted sweet. So we go from that experience to my grandmother's, and I preached to my grandma that day, and she received salvation. It was awesome. Like, my sister was there. My sister, I love her, but she's not saved yet. But she's coming, but she got to hear the gospel preached, and she got to see my grandma receive. And at the time, my grandma, who was a very put together, like clothes, shoes, hair, hair was always done, earrings in. She had a hole about the size of a quarter up through her heel, and it went in about half an inch. But because of that, it was always wrapped. She had a sock on, she had a boot on, she was in a wheelchair, it was elevated, and there was no hope. She had gone to the doctors, they did everything they could do. So the next month when I went to my grandma's to have um, lunch. We went every single month, Alyssa and I. But this time we went and I knew that she was supposed to get healed. So I sat down and I read to her, Mark 5, the lady with the issue of blood. I just kept reading scripture after scripture after scripture over her. And she did not let us pray for her. But at the end, Alyssa and I, We oiled up our hands, and we went and touched everything in her room. We touched her pillow. We touched her chair. We touched her bed. And we were just speaking life over that room. And we knew that he heard us. We knew it was his will because of 1 Peter 2.24. It says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. So we knew healing was a thing. But all too many times I was told, healing's not for today, healing died out with the last apostle, all of these lies. But that one word that Jesus took those stripes on his back, he didn't have to do that. He could have just gone straight to the cross, but he chose to take those stripes. He chose to be a bloody, pulpy mess 
so that we could be healed now. And so the next time, the next month we go to my grandma's and I walk into the nursing home and the lady at the information desk, she's like, come here, come here, you have to see this. I was like, what? And she said, Irene just went to the doctor and you have to read what the doctor wrote. So she showed me the piece of paper and it said, um, regarding Irene's wound, unexplained miracle. Her foot was perfect. Her foot, all of the skin had healed through. It was like a little baby's bottom, perfect foot. She had shoes on when I ran down there, like I booked it down there to see my grandma finally wearing shoes. And at that moment, I realized, like, he loved her so much that, and the second she heard it, she received, and even though she wouldn't let us pray for her, she was already healed. And it was like three months later that she died. But everyone, she received salvation, she received healing, so you can't tell me that healing's on the other side, because God could have chosen to just not heal her and let her you know, live with that hole in her heel for three more months. He knew her days were numbered, but it was so awesome that he chose to heal her. Psalm 107, 19 and 20 says, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word, and he healed them and delivered them from their destruction. It didn't matter that we didn't pray for her. It didn't matter that she wouldn't let us lay hands on her. All we had to do was use our faith, and he sent his word. The words that we said to her had an effect. The words that we prayed had an effect. So Kevin Leo, when he came, the first time he talked to us, he told us that I had a crack habit. <laughs> she knows, she's laughing because I've never done she's, drugs. Yeah. That's funny. If she's got a crack habit, that is funny, guys. She's like square. <laughs> Even before, I'm not, it's true, right? It's like, totally I'm all true. all over the, she's like, never. I smoked one day, and I got wow. so sick, I puked for two days, and so I never smoked again, which is funny and redeemed, like, I, this is funny, I have to have people explain to me yes. what they're talking about. Yes. So, like, even the one day someone said a roach in the car, I was like, oh my gosh, roaches, they're like. That was me. I said, my husband knew I was getting high because he saw the roaches in my car. And Don was like, oh, gross, roaches. Not those roaches, Don. <laughs> the end of a joint, the little bitty piece, that's called a roach. She was like, oh, I thought you meant like crawly things. I was like, no, ma'am. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> so when he says you have a crack habit and you've never done drugs, you never bought drugs. I didn't honestly, if you gave me crack, I wouldn't know what to do with it, to be honest. But... I looked at him, I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, you got to go get your crack every day. And I was like, what crack are you talking about? He's like, you got to go pray for people. He's like, you praying for people is your daily crack, and you got to go get your fix, and if you don't go get your fix, you're not happy. But it's true, <laughs> because every single day, like when you have a taste of what the Lord's done, yeah. you can't not go pray for someone. You can't live a day without seeing someone set free, saved, healed, just truth imparted. So Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So has anyone here had prayer or they prayed and they're like, oh, that's never going to happen? Anyone have doubt that, oh, they said that, sure, they believe that, I don't think I believe that? I'm sure it's everyone in here because I'm not alone on this one. But I've seen it way too many times that you can either start out in faith or you can be like, eh, I'm not sure, like that person looks really convinced of what they're praying. But this just happened to us, like we had to stir ourselves up because I needed a new car, and if you were at a... Um, volunteer meeting we had come forward and said what we needed prayer for and like I needed a new car because our daughter needed my car it was a whole big thing but number one we didn't have the cash for it we had a little savings but God also told me that I was supposed to have a new car not a new to me car because I had prayed for a new car for 20 years y'all perseverance 
20 years, I wanted a new car with a warranty because I come from a family of mechanics. And why buy something new when you can just fix it? But then you're fixing it all the time. And then my car blew up and started on fire one day when I was on my way to work. But I knew enough to let it burn because I watched my sister put her car fire out too early. So you learn these things to pray specifically. I want a new car with a warranty. So God likes to punk Doug and I all the time. Like all the time when, yeah, you getting a new car? <laughs> I'm in agreement with that. Two or more Jesus is here. So God likes to punk us when it's time to either move out of our house, get a new vehicle, everything goes wrong. Like everything goes haywire so much so that we're so uncomfortable, we're actually going to believe what he said. So during this whole time, I'm stirring up my spirit. I have what I call uh, my proof of prayer journal. So if y'all don't have a journal that's your proof of prayer, like if you can't be so convicted by your journal that you actually pray, you need to start one. Because those days come when you're like, "Mm, I'm not so sure he's going to answer that. But you open up your proof of prayer journal and you start going and you see all the crazy stuff he did. He can do another one. So I was pulling that out. I was reading every scripture on financial provision. I was reading testimonies. Like I have these little testimony books by R.W. Schombach, who's like old school. But, you know, $40,000 pulls out of a bag and the catalytic converter or something. And so I was like, yes, like however it wants to come, I'm ready. So then the days, weeks come, and all of a sudden everything goes wrong in my car. But it got to the point where I couldn't even take it from park into drive. And then the Lord was like, it's time for a new car. And I was like, all right. But I still, finances, they didn't show up. So Doug and I were stirring up our faith like it is time, but. But we also know from our prayer journal that God counts one, two, skip a few, 99, 100. So again, we're just waiting for that one, two, skip a few, 99, 100. And so that one morning, I actually could take it from park to drive. And I called Doug and I said, today's the day I'm getting a new car because I can put it into drive, which means we can, tra- we can go trade it in. Perfect day. The other issue was that if you've been to a car lot, there's no cars. Like there's no new cars. Especially you want a sunroof, you'd be waiting a long time. And that day, I looked up right after I could put that sucker in drive, and I uh, emailed the guy at the lot we had talked to. And I looked on the lot, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, the car I want with a sunroof is there. It was like the perfect car buying day, except we had no money. So (laughs) aside from that, so Doug and I go there, and I look at the car, and I was like, oh, the car's white. The one color I did not want. But Lily, our little 14-year-old who's prophetic, told me earlier that day, Mom, God doesn't care that you want a white car. You're getting a white car. And I was like, she said, I want a white car. And I was like, oh, my child's been praying, and she's now trumping me. (laughs) That's so not right. So God works out the numbers, one, two, skip a few, nine, nine, hundred, and gives us almost the same amount of money that we bought our car for five years ago so that we could drive out with the exact amount that we wanted to pay. And then God blessed our daughter with a bunch of money. Then in two weeks, it's her turn to go get one. But it was awesome just watching yet another time that he heard the cry of my heart. I did not want another car. I don't want to call Reuben anymore. Reuben... I love you wherever you are, but I don't want to call you all the time. I have to call him all the time, guys. It was all the time. It was like every week he'd be like, what's wrong? There'd be something wrong. So now I actually can put my car into drive. The buttons on the steering wheel work, and I have AC when I stop at a stop sign. Holla. (laughs) That's my husband. He's excited for me. So when do we pray? Ephesians 6, 17, and 18 says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always 
with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We're supposed to pray always. You guys, always means always, but it also means from a fixed position. We are supposed to constantly be in prayer. There's no reason that you can't walk and pray. If you're filled with the Spirit, you can pray all the time. You can walk and pray, sit and pray, anything and pray. Years ago, there was a person who came to our church and said, how often do you pray? And I said, all the time. And they're like, no, nobody can pray all the time. I'm like, oh, I can pray all the time. And so after a year, she came up to me and she said, you pray all the time. I'm like, yes. I'm, if you see me, my lips are moving. I'm not insane. I'm not talking myself. It's constant communion with the Lord. Like, you guys need to be in constant communion with the Lord. You can also, I know there's a lot of people in here that your thoughts and your mind just spin and spin and spin and spin. You know how you stop that? Constant communion with the Lord. If you're praying in the Spirit, your head can't swirl. You actually don't have any thoughts. Your mind is a complete whiteboard for the Lord to write on it. Not your thoughts, not your feelings, not offense, not taking the one thing and just going down this rabbit trail of terror. You can actually just pray in the spirit. And what's super cool is like, how often would you pray if you knew that when you released it, it was actually going to have an effect? Who in here would pray more? If you actually knew it was going to go do what it was supposed to do? But the word says that. So Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which it sent. So I had one of my treasured experiences with the Lord was when Doug's grandpa was 97. He had a stroke, but he had prophesied it for like 10 years. I'm going to have a stroke. It's going to be in my house all by myself. I'm not going to spend a day in a nursing home. And that's exactly what happened. So he goes from the hospital to hospice. And Doug and I, and Alyssa was five, she's in the back seat. We drive there, and all of a sudden, the second our tires hit the pavement of the hospice, I hear a dude praying in tongues. There's nobody there. So all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and I was like, what the heck? And I have this look on my face. Doug's on the phone. He has no idea what's going on. And I look back at Alyssa, and Alyssa has that same look on my face, like there's something seriously wrong here. And so I looked at her, I'm like, do you hear a guy praying in tongues? And she said, Yes. I said, does he sound like he's laying on top of the car? And she's like, yeah. And I said, there's a guy laying on top of the car praying in tongues. And I'm hitting Doug. I'm like, Doug, listen to him. Do you hear this guy? And he's like, honey, I'm on the phone. And I'm like, how many chances do you get to hear a guy praying in tongues laying on your car? Like, this is a miracle. But he was busy. So we... (laughs) We get out of the car, and it stops. So by the time he gets off the phone, like, we're not hearing it anymore. And we walk inside the building, and as we're walking, the Lord shows me a guy walking around where the hospice was, praying in tongues. And I was like, oh. So I go in, and I find the one, there was one nurse in there that she looked like she could handle a little crazy question. And so I went up to her, and I said, okay, odd question, but... Was there a man who walked around the property praying? And she said, yeah. The guy who owned the land, he would go outside and walk the perimeter and pray every single day. And he had built the hospice, but he never got to see it finished. And it was then I was realized that, like, that scripture doesn't say that the things that we pray, the words that we release die when we die. Right. That's good. It says it goes out and accomplishes what it was sent to accomplish. So all of these prayers that that guy prayed every single day, and he prayed in tongues, I heard him. 
He has no idea what he prayed, but all of the things that were still like wind going on the land were all the prayers that he prayed that hadn't been accomplished yet. So the second the Lord and I have that time, I'm like, I am not going to shut my mouth ever because I know every single thing that I say, it's going to be accomplished. So every place that the soles of your feet tread, that you're praying, that word is going forth in that area until it's accomplished. So, yeah, it's, so I have this thing that every place that the Lord put us to live, like we've lived, I can't even tell you how many houses, but he told us to pray, or told me, not you, sometimes it's just, you know, me, but um, he told me to pray every street in the neighborhood, and it was funny because Alyssa over there, her and I sat down together this week, and she told me that there were some guys that were at our house And they went out running, and they ran by her house and told her that your street is prayed over because she prays over the streets in the neighborhood. So Tony Pettit and I, if you know who she is, for a long time, every single week, her and I would pray down every single street in our neighborhood. We didn't realize until one day when there was a house fire on one of the streets that we forgot one street in the neighborhood. And that one street, the house caught on fire from lightning. And after that, the Lord was like, uh, just like we do in the neighborhood, you pray over every street. And so we got to see our neighborhood changed from like weeks before we moved in, someone got stabbed in the face, like crazy junk happening to God completely wiping out and annihilating any plans from the enemy. Yes, people still try to sell us stuff at our house, but there's no... We have Vivint. I just watched it before I got here. Um, But we don't have the crime we had. Things were thwarted. Like if we had books to tell you all the stuff that happened in every neighborhood, it's crazy. So one thing that you need to do is go home and ask the Lord, like, when am I supposed to pray in my neighborhood? Because every prayer that you pray just like the old guy when he was walking his property, is going to have effect in your neighborhood for your children. Our children, uh, it saved their lives. Crazy, crazy stuff went down, but our kids were protected because the hand of the Lord was upon that neighborhood. So First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So my life is not always rainbows and unicorns. I mean, I like it when it is. Like, I actually have confetti popper guns, but I wish I would have brought it (laughs) because... But the rejoice always. Like, when I started to pray all the time, I didn't have joy always. I was actually kind of miserable. I had issues, right? (laughs) Yeah. I had major issues, like I was a downer. I would cry, like when my car would break down, I would sit in a puddle and cry. I know, for real. (laughs) But when I started to pray always, the Lord actually gave me joy. Constant rejoicing joy, unexplainable joy at all times. So what's awesome now is I can pray without ceasing. I have confidence that the Lord is going to do what he said he was going to do. So every single word that you read, every single prayer that you pray has that effect. So every prayer time is not wasted time. It will have an effect. You have to open your mouth. I can't tell you enough, like open your mouth. Come to prayer. If you don't know how to pray, come to prayer. That's where you learn. I learned by being her shadow. I learned by being Mary Feck's shadow. Yes. I learned by being Doug Feck's shadow. Mm-hmm. If you don't know how to pray, get around people who do. And if you're not confident, get around people who are confident. That's how you learn and that's how you grow. And I always like to say, it's simple. Like, prayer is simple. This life is simple to pray without ceasing. It's just not always easy. So get around the people that are encouraging that are going to make it easy, that are going to teach you and train you so that you actually release the supply that the Lord has for you. That's good. That's good, guys.
Talking about prayer tonight. Come on. We complicate it. We, it has to be this luxurious and it's simple conversation. We overthink and overcomplicate prayer. Well, I don't know how to pray. Well, you know how to talk, right? Like it would, it would be like talking to your best friend because he should be our best friend, right? I want to be called a friend of God. Man, if God would consider me a friend, right? So just don't overcomplicate it. Don't overthink it. Just talk to him and then listen because a, a conversation is two-way, it's not just blah, blah, blah. If, you're, if it's all one way, then that's not a very good friend. It's just truth. Conversation is two ways. You talk and listen, talk and listen. If you have a friend who's doing all the talking, then maybe find another friend. His name is Jesus. So I'm going to move into the next part of prayer, which is intercession. But before we do that, we have something important that we want to do. I consider intercession like prayer 2.0, like an upgrade. Okay. But we have an intercessor in the house that's moving. And so we want to bless her out before she leaves. Miss Bernadette, come here, my love. We have not forgotten you, honey. We are so sad. Miss Bernadette is moving away to Houston. Austin. Austin. She's been telling us Houston. Is it Austin? Austin. Austin. I corrected her the other day. She said Austin. I said, no, you said Houston. Come up here, my love. So Bernadette is from Nigeria. And from the minute she walked into this church, she has been an intercessor prayer warrior. The seats that you sit in, she prayed over. The classrooms, the foyer, everything. She has cleaned and mopped and prayed. She has done a thankless job. You know what, guys? Let's thank her for cleaning this church almost every week. Come on. You never saw her. She never got any attention. She never got any accolades. No one said, great job. But before she leaves, let's tell her thank you for taking care of the house of the Lord. Yeah. We love you. I appreciate you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I Wait, appreciate I can, you yeah, all. Let me hold it because you're going to talk a lot. I already know. <laughs> <laughs> I already you know. know you just start praying in a minute. Hold on. I know you know that. Because I know you. Oh, I really thank God for this moment. And I thank you all yeah. uh, for giving me this opportunity to see all of you, to talk to all of you. I appreciate you all. I want to say I'm sorry if I've offended any of you in any way, no. but uh, I want to let you know I love you all. I sure do. And um, I was telling God that um, I don't want to say mm, testimony that at the past, Lord, when I want to say testimony in this house, I want to say what you have done for me here. Yeah. Uh, because um, I was so miserable. I was so, uh, so down in my spirit. So, but uh, God brought me here. And as I was telling some people that uh, I came here in, in 2017, when they were doing conference, and I'm ending up with conference again, yeah. this last day of conference. So I'm so grateful, I'm so thankful to God. Yeah. When I came in, I said, God, I need you anywhere I go. I am always so desperate for Holy Spirit. I want Holy Spirit. I want somebody to tell me something about myself. What have I done? What can I do? Uh, and um, I noticed that I was running after people mm. instead of running after Jesus. Yeah. I'm That's running good. after yeah. to get uh, the gift, not the giver. Mm. So I started thinking back. When I met uh, Pastor David, Pastor David said, I said, Pastor David, pray for me. Pray for me, crying. 
And he said, Bernadette, I saw you when you were sitting at the back there crying. I said, oh, today is my day. <laughs> I'm going to get it. <laughs> yeah, I was saying like Nathan was talking. Nathan was, uh, when Jesus saw Nathan and said, Nathan, I saw you when you were sitting there. So Nathan was, you saw me? How do you see me? So that was how I was, I was really expecting. But uh, Pastor David said, um, I will pray for you, but that's not what you need. I said, is he talking? I wanted to prophesy on me. Don't say that is all he, he said. I will pray for you. But what I notice or what I can tell you that God is saying is that you have to start looking for God. And when you come here, not that I'm going to do a miracle. You have to sit down and then God will, he will talk to your maker. I say, oh, okay. That sounds like I went to my dream want to come. But one day God just provoked me. I have to come. So I came. And I said, well, as I'm coming, I will not look for anybody. I will not look for anything. I want to look for this Jesus. I want to see him in full. So I said, I want to decrease for you to increase God. I think I've been running after so many things. Then that is why I'm suffering with all this attack, oppressed. Mm, so I started the with the, the, what do you, generate new, what do you call it? Cultivate. Cultivate. Mm -hmm. That's a good place to start. Mm -hmm. If you are a new, newcomer, go there. Just when you go, Relax yourself and listen to what they are teaching there. It's powerful. They just bring you from the beginning of where you see God. You come, you see Jesus. You come, you see Holy Spirit. You, oh, it's, it's very powerful. It's good for a beginner to go there. So I spent time there with them for the whole period. Been coming the morning, I go there, then come back here for service, the second service. Hmm. So God did a lot of things. I moved out from there. I said, okay, I finished with those one. God, what things do you want me to do? I do the cleaning, like they said, and just say, God, I'm looking up unto you. But I didn't. I still run. Everybody here prophesy to me and speak a word of, come back, Benedict, God loves you. I say, if you love me, why am I still suffering? God, do something. I didn't know that the bag I carry was so much, very heavy, and God was doing something. Every time people pray for me, don't hesitate to tell those people that God has given gift to pray for you. There are men and women of God here, yeah. very many of them that can do some miracle. So one before, I want to apologize to um, Don. Don. Yeah, I want to <laughs> I want to apologize to Don. When I came here newly, and I was so desperate, like I told you, and I came out here, I want somebody to pray for me. And the person that I know, I've seen him pray. And I see somebody fall. I want them to pray, so I fall. When I get up, I will be well. <laughs> it's true. So uh, don't say, no, don't go to men. I say, why? Why are you blocking me? <laughs> so, so sometimes the devil will make you to run away from somebody come that on, God wants on, you to help on. you. That's so word, right? yeah, that was a person to help me to get out of all these hurdles, hurdles. But they wanted me to stay away from her. Right. So I thank God for her. Right. She did not take it in. She did not say, okay, I can't get along with this lady. And she knew my heart like, 
Even if she was angry or not, I would still go back to her. I said, Don, what do you think? Eh? What do you think about this thing? I think I've prayed, I've done this. And she came closer and closer to me. Yeah. And when she came closer to me, she noticed that there were a lot of bags that I have to get rid of. Just break them. Mm -hmm. I've been walking in a circle for so long. God started showing me, bring me back to where I should be, where I was. When I was a little girl, God gave me a gift, and that was dream, and I, I rejected it. Why did I reject it? Because my family member that I so love died in the dream. I woke up, and he died in the physical. I said, God, I don't want this type of thing. Why is my cousin and my auntie died, you know? And God took that thing away. But he has restored it. May the Lord take all the glory. He restored yes, that yes, dream yes, back yes. to me. So yes. when I saw it in the dream, and, and Don was there, he would tell me that he saw the thing breaking. I said it broke. I could start having my joy again that I have not been having for a long time. Then when these uh, people come conference and I, somebody, I say they pray for me, and I started seeing all these things breaking out one by one. Sometimes I was thinking that I have one problem. I didn't know. There are several problems you will pass through. So we break this one, this one will come. You break this one. So I thank God for all what he has done for me yes, since I yes, came here. Yes. And I thank you all for all your love, yes. your care, all the things that are you. You don't even say no when I come to you crying and <laughs> being a baby, being this. So I'm so grateful. And my mommy here, oh, oh yeah. they're so sweet. They are so nice to me. So, so let us pray for you. <laughs> This time you don't have to ask. Yes, no, no. No, no. you don't have to ask yes, us, okay? So, Bernadette, we bless you, Bernadette. Amen. We send you, in the name of Jesus, Amen. to the next place. Amen. We send you healed, restored, Amen. and free. Amen. That you would take the fire of Rock City Church and take it to Austin and any other church that you go to. That you would be a blessing there like you were a blessing here. Amen. That the spirit of intercession would just grow and grow and grow and grow. And we take the, any other bags, any other baggage, any other backpack that you may be carrying it. We release you from it now in Jesus name. That you will not walk Bernadette, but that you will run in the spirit of the living God. That you will run to the next thing. That you will run no fear of dreams. God, I pray that you would restore her dream life, Papa. Amen. That you would give her godly dreams. Amen. Dreams of the future. Dreams of hope. Amen. Dreams of joy. Not dreams out of torment. Amen. We flip the switch on the enemy right yeah. now in Jesus' name. Yeah. And we proclaim that she will be a seer, God. That she will talk to the prophets and the apostles and the teachers and the pastors and the, and the, and the I don't know, I'm missing one of the five. But God, we just, the evangelist, God, that everywhere you send her, that she will see clearly, Papa, Amen. through the dreams. No more torment, Amen. Bernadette. No more. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on. Ho! Thank you, guys. We love you, Bernadette. One more hug. I'm not giving her the mic back. That was me holding the mic. She's got an amazing testimony. So intercession 2.0 is prayer 2.0 is what I consider it. We probably did this backwards. I probably should have taught on prayer and dawn on intercession because I've not really been in a season of intercession. It is my heart and I love it. Um, but I haven't been able to operate in that gift as much uh, from doing other things, office, all the things, but it's coming back. So here's the thing. Here's the thing about intercession. How is it different than prayer? Because there's prayer and there's intercession. They go together, but they are somewhat different. And so again, it's a turbocharged prayer. It's 2.0. When your prayers are no longer about your needs, your wants, or your desires, and now they're looking for the Father's heart. 
when we can move beyond our own, because a lot of times Bernadette talked about going in circles in the backpack, right? We get caught up on what I need and what I want, right? That we lose sight of poor, broken people, nations, communities, all the things. So when Don and them go out and walk the neighborhood, that's intercession. It's prayer, but they're interceding in people in the houses they don't even know, right? And so let's be honest. How many times do we really ask the father what's on his heart or what he feels about a thing? How often do we say, what do you feel about this? God, what's your heart on this matter? So intercession is birthed out of intimacy, time alone with God. When you build a relationship with your spouse, your husband or your wife, that comes through intimacy. You have to spend time with them to know them. To be an intercessor or to operate, every one of us is called to be an intercessor. Okay? Every one of us is called to pray outside the realm of our own wants and our needs. There is a gift of intercession. And not everyone has that gift, but some people do. And remember, the gifts are given. Okay? Fruits are matured, but gifts are given. And we have not because we ask not. Okay? That's a little key. If you want a gift, ask for it. If you want to be used in a certain way, ask for it. Okay? And so intimacy, intercession is birthed out of intimacy. When you spend time with the Lord, then you get his heartbeat. Today I watched this illustration by Benny Johnson. Who has heard of the happy intercessor? Happy intercessor. This book right here. If you feel like you have the gift of intercession or you want to have the gift of intercession, read this book. Because here's the thing. When God starts showing you things, it can get heavy. And it can feel like a burden. Right? But it's not. He trusts you enough to show you things. It's what you do and how you respond to those things that matter. And so I was listening to a clip from Benny Johnson today from the book, and she talked about this surgeon and how the surgeon was doing a heart transplant, and it was taking the heart out of the donor to the donee, right? And as he took one heart out that was beating and he put it next to the other one, they started beating in sequence together, right? They were beating differently, but when he put the hearts together, they started to beat the same. That's the same with the father, When we come together in intimacy and we come alongside of the Father, our heart begins to beat the same way for His. We're going to want what He wants. We're going to desire what He desires. We're going to love what He loves. And we're going to hate what He hates. So in those moments when we don't even know what to pray anymore, sit with the Father. Let's look at Romans 8, 26 and 27. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts know what's in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So we're constantly being interceded for. Jesus is constantly and the Holy Spirit is constantly praying for you. Think about that. We feel like we're all alone. Nobody understands. No, the Holy Spirit and Jesus are interceding and praying for you. So and then it says, In verse 26, the spirit helps us in our weakness. Pastor David talked about last week how God provides a way of escape for every temptation, right? What if prayer is your way of escape? What if you're being tempted with something, right? What if you're being tempted and then instead of going in, what if you ask God, help me? God, I can't, you know how I got off drugs? Jesus was my rehab. I need to get a shirt. Where's Levi? Jesus is my rehab. Jesus was my rehab. Okay. But I got off of drugs by, by this very way. God, I can't go another minute without getting high. I need you to help me. I can't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to stay sober. I need to get high, but God, I need you to help me. 
Jesus, help take away the hunger and the craving and the thirst for the stuff, right? So when we're weak, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. So last week, Pastor David talked about the golden calves. How many of you heard that on Sunday? I want to talk about that a little bit. So the context of that is in Exodus, when Moses went up to the mountain, he went up to have alone time with the Lord. They had just come out of bondage. He had just taken them out of Egypt. And so he, he went back to get his people, and the Lord sent Moses back to get his people and lead them out. And then they were out in the wilderness, and they were complaining. Okay, they were upset. So when Moses went up on the mountain, he was considered a friend of God. Because he spent time with him. So when Moses went up to speak with God, the Israelites started complaining and murmuring. And then they formed an idol. They formed a golden calf. You know what? We don't like this bread. We don't want to be out here. It was better in bondage. It was easier when I was slinging dope. It was easier when I was getting high because I didn't have to deal with all my feelings or the pain. It's easier to identify as something that I'm not because I don't want to deal with the junk. Okay? So, here's, here's the thing. They formed a calf to worship in place of God. And then they worshiped and they offered sacrifices to him. Okay? But how Moses respond is the big news. This is the headline. Let's look at Exodus 32.11. This is how Moses responded. The people were in sin. They turned their back. He had, remember, there were generations of slaves. This wasn't the first, they forgot what freedom even looked like. Okay? And so now they're in the wilderness and they were like, well, at least we have meat back there. At least we had, we knew what we were going to do. We had a schedule. We're not just walking around in circles. So then Moses comes down and sees what they did. He sees that they built the calf and they're worshiping it, right? I don't know about you, but I would have been mad, ungrateful, right? I probably would have been upset. They they ain't no good. They they don't like nothing. I did all this and then what? Anybody ever been like that? I poured all my time in them and they walked back anyway. They turned their back on God after you invested how much? But here's how Moses responded. 3211, Moses employed, implored the Lord his God and said, Oh Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people who you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? He's like, God, why are you so mad? These are your people. You brought them out. Why are you so upset? Remember the great things that you did. Now, remember, these people were arguing and complaining since they started the journey. The food's no good. You took us the wrong way. It was better in Egypt. But instead of Moses asking God to, for vengeance or to wipe them out or to get them back because they're worshiping idols, this is what he says, verse 12 and 13. Why should the Egyptians say with evil intent did he bring them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your burning anger and relent from this disaster against your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of the heaven. And all this land that I have promised, I will give to your offspring, and they shall inherit it forever. Moses' response was to remind God of his promises to these people. Moses' response was to pray on behalf of the people. Now, remind you, he led them out. He didn't even want to go back to Egypt to begin with. He didn't want to go back. He said, I stutter. Send somebody else. Don't send me. And he went back, and after it all, they turned their backs on God. Yet he responded by praying for them. He responded by saying, God, why would you do this? Why would you prove to the Egyptians? Why would you let the Egyptians think you're evil? Remember what you said to Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Remember the promises to your sons. So he asked God to turn 
from his anger and to remember them. Moses was literally standing between God and the people and is interceding on his behalf. This is what we call standing in the gap. Okay? This is when you pray for someone in their place, even when they don't deserve it. The Israelites didn't deserve mercy. They were, they were in idolatry. But Moses had a heart for these people. So he stood up before God and said, wait, 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 wait. And you know what's so amazing? Is that God changed his mind. He relented. And he didn't do to the people what they deserved. That's called mercy. He extended mercy to the Israelites because he didn't give them what they deserved. So you can pray in the gap for someone so they can have mercy and not get what they deserve. Who in your life do you know that's worshiping idols, money, cars, careers, pride? Who's worshiping the dollar, the drug? Who? Stand in the gap for them and pray to God for mercy and that they would turn. That they would turn from their ways. Here's the thing, guys. They have a free will. Right? We can't supersede anybody's will. But man, can we implore heaven on behalf of somebody. Man, can we. And then they get extended mercy and grace until they have a time. Which gives them, in my opinion, I feel like it gives them time to turn. Okay? So let me ask this. Random question. I'm going to go fast. Random question. How many of you have ever prayed for a celebrity you didn't know? That's intercession, guys. Right? Eminem, favorite rapper all time. I ain't going to lie. I say it right here, right loud in front of everybody. <laughs> Fight me. Come at me. I'm from the hood. Come at me. I'm saying Eminem right now. I pray for Eminem every time the Lord tells me to. But I don't even know what to pray for him. Right? Like God pray that he sings Christian rap. I don't know. Pray that he sings for you, Jesus, right? I, it's important that I hear the Father's heart for Eminem. I mean, I could go based on his song and Munchausen and all the things. Everybody knows the story, right? But before you hashtag free Britney, make sure Britney needs to be free. I'm just saying. That's what's popular trending right now. Right? Don't, tell, don't act like y'all don't know the story. Everybody trying to free Britney. Does she need to be free? So ask the father's heart. But when you pray for someone that it's just quote unquote random, that's intercession. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 and 19. We're going to lay some hands on people. So I'm going to move pretty quickly. It says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that being rooted and grounded in love, you may be strengthened to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So are you someone that can actually change life's circumstances? Are you someone who will fervently pray for the glory of God in someone else's life? I want you to close your eyes right now. I'm being led by the Holy Spirit on this. I want you to close your eyes right now. And I want you to ask the Lord who you need to intercede for for the next seven days. Starting Thursday to Thursday. God's going to drop a name, a picture. Somebody, he's, you're either going to hear a name, see a name, or see a, a face. Every eye in the building closed. God, download by the Holy Spirit who we should pray for. 
that they will see the riches of your glory, that they will be strengthened with power, that you will dwell in their hearts through faith, that they will be rooted and grounded in love, that they'll have the strength to comprehend your love, Father, the love that passes all knowledge, and that they will be filled with the fullness of God. Okay, write your name down, put it in your notes. Don't forget who God downloaded in your spirit. We are all called to intercede and pray for others, but there's some who have the gift of intercession. The question is, are you one of those? Hold on, I scrolled down too much. God has given you the authority through Jesus to change circumstances and the works of the devil through intercession. Mercy is withholding the deserved punishment, but grace is being rewarded for something we don't deserve. Mercy means we did the sin, but he withholds the punishment. And grace is being rewarded for what we don't deserve, for what we haven't done. It's like being paid for a job we didn't do. And mercy triumphs over judgment every time. There's some of you in the room that want judgment over people. I'm really picking this up in the spirit, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean into this before we pray. But we want it's only right. They should get what they deserve. They never get to see justice. Why do they get away with everything? And God says, mercy triumphs over judgment every time. You have no idea what's going on in the inner workings of their mind. Can you intercede for them? Can we pray for them? Can we stand in the gap between God and them and, have, and pray for mercy that God would fill them with his fullness? 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 says, First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. For kings and all who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life. Man, do we need that in the United States of America right now. I don't care who you voted for. We are called to pray for our leaders. This is the scripture. Supplications, prayer, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. For kings, which means for leaders and rulers, and all in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. So intercession means praying for somebody besides yourself. You want to grow in the spirit? Pray for other people. You want to mature in the spirit? Get out yourself. Right? Because look, we can go round and round like Miss Bernadette said and worry about what's happening in our lives and what we have and what we don't have and go round and round and round. And there's a whole world lost and dying around us. How about missionaries? We have some missionaries in Mexico, Ronnie Jones, Oscar Gomez, remember those names. Pray for them. They're, they're, they're in a third world country in that area that they're at. They're very, very poor. Very poor. But man, they love Jesus. One of them was a cartel member and got radically changed and transformed. And where he used to kill people, he's now resurrecting the dead and bringing them back to life spiritually. Like we walk around with him and everywhere he goes, it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Conoces a Jesucristo? Let me tell you about my father. Let me tell you about my savior. Let me tell you how he rescued me. And then he says, where's the water so we can baptize? No, one time there was an alligator lagoon. And we were like, no, Oscar, no podemos. No, 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 we can't get in that alligator water. And he's like, oh, we're getting in the water. We got in the water. We got four guys around us watching the water for eyeballs coming up while we're baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. 
It was a very fast baptism, in and out, real quick. Not confessing no sins now. We're not doing no prophetic words right now. We're just dunking and going. True story, right, honey? Last scripture is Romans 8, 31 through 34. Our greatest example is always Jesus. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who we, who, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Jesus Christ is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? If it wasn't important, he wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't be doing it. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you want to partner with us in what God is doing here at Rock City, you can give by visiting our website at rockcitycorpus.com slash give.